Hello and welcome to South Africa on 99.94, Cricket Every Day. I'm Neil Manthorpe, my co-host is Longani Zama, but I'm sure you all know that by now. Uh, South Africa on 99.94 is your new home for South African cricket content. Uh, we'll be dropping into your podcast feed and on YouTube on the, and on the 99.94 app um, at least uh, twice a week. Uh, so uh, do check out, um, if you're not checking us out, then check out the new Mitch Johnson show. Um, which is uh, the former Australian great. He's a proud member of the 99.94 team, uh, and he talks about his life uh, in cricket and after cricket. Uh, you can find that wherever you get your podcasts uh, or indeed on YouTube. Um, so we're going to be talking about uh, what's happening in South African cricket, and there is always something happening in South African cricket. Uh, there's never short of a, uh, we're never short of a, of a story. Um, and we try to steer away from administration as much as possible. But um, uh, Cricket South Africa have just had their annual general meeting, um, which is uh, a topic that I think we should um, discuss um, and give it some context as well. Um, Zams, the, the, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a 72-page um, document that was uh, released um, into the public domain. And it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of rose tinting going on um, and very, very little accountability. I mean, at no stage, I understand there are reasons why Cricket South Africa can't say, uh, look, it's been, <laughs> it's been a, another poor year. Um, things haven't been great, but um, we're, we're getting back on track. You know, it's all... I understand um, for the corporate world and, and for potential sponsors, they have to make it um, seem like uh, everything is is just hunky-dory and absolutely fantastic and fine, which obviously um, it isn't. Um, but I, I have the sense anyway that it, it would be really beneficial for the organisation to actually say, um, it's, it's, we, we've been through a really tough time, we're still in that tough time, um, Bear with us because, you know, we are on the right road. Instead of which, it's everything's fine, everything's wonderful. I mean, they described losing 191 million this year as opposed to 221 million last year as a 10% improvement. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> I, I I really despise talking about administration because it just frustrates me every time we we walk this path. But what needs must. Um, it's <laughs> it has been a long road, um, and 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 obviously the net result is we're still losing hundreds of millions um, through the game, one way or another. What fascinated me is on the same day that that statement came out, there was a statement that came out in the British media about a private equity firm looking to invest four hundred million pounds into the English game, um, which to to buy seventy five percent of the hundred, to buy seventy five percent of the hundred, um, staggering amount of money, and 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 I mean England are world champions in in, in both the white ball formats and this and that, but I think. What it goes back to is, is 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 a word that we like to use a lot on this forum, but is not necessarily practiced a lot in actual cricket, which is accountability or transparency. Um, I think if you if you look right across the English game, its biggest issues are, are discussed publicly and openly, 
um, and its biggest mistakes are admonished publicly and honestly, um, and then the game moves on. Um, so, you know, with with that foundation, you you kind of attract the right partners because they, 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 there's a trust there. I think um, if we look back at South African cricket over the last 10 years as the sponsors have eroded one by one and sort of run away and found other avenues to sponsor, almost every single one of them speaks about a lack of trust or faith in the product or the people running the product, more importantly. And you you, you can't get away from that. You, you know, we can butter it up however we want. We can call 191 as opposed to 200 and whatever million as a gain. It's, it, it, it's that kind of lack of honesty, really. You know, it's it's a problem that you're losing 200 million and you should you should look at it squarely in the face and say, this is an issue. And we, yes, we are desperate for the SA20 to be a success to help alleviate some of those problems, but we've got to look at ourselves honestly and say, these are the things that we need to remedy ourselves without leaning on the SA20. So there's a couple of reasons that we're, we're talking about this and that I insist that uh, we bring it up. One of the reasons that there is this level of honesty in, in the UK and and in other countries to a greater or lesser degree um, is that the, the people in charge are held accountable by the media. And I regard us and this podcast as uh, an important part of the media. And, and by talking about it, um, I'm hoping that we can play a very small role, but a role nonetheless, in holding the, the administrators to account um, you know, they, they in in the UK they can't get away with uh, um, flouncing about and and prevaricating and and speaking in with a lack of detail and, and clarity. I mean, Michael Atherton in the Times actually wrote uh, last month uh, an article in which he lampooned the press releases that are issued by Cricket South Africa, um, full of jargon and and. And, and corporate corporate speak and and you know it's just it's just alienating them and they get away with it they they keep doing it they keep just getting away with it this lack of accountability look at all the people over the last five or six years that have driven the game into the point of bankruptcy now who've just walked away they've just walked away no accountability whatsoever yeah that's that's the saddest I think uh, it's it's almost like Hyenas picking at a carcass, and once they've had their fill, they they kind of wander off back into the wilderness. Um, and the, the carcass is the game, um, you know. And the few who care about it, are, you know, trying to protect it from all corners. But the game keeps on allowing people who are in it for the wrong reasons to come in. I mean, the, the, there've been plenty of scandals in South African cricket, and 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 like you say, whether it's presidents or chairpersons of the board when the heat gets too hot or even people you know in high ranking executives in CSA itself they walk away um and you you hear things of millions being splurged on random newspaper um adverts which doesn't make sense you you know you hear whispers and you wonder if you actually did a proper forensic audit how many millions have disappeared into the wrong hands and 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 without that much hiding, so it's 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 desperately sad. But unfortunately, part of this is is when you have a sports minister who doesn't really care about the sport, 
he is the one person who should be able to hold him to account. The only thing he ever held cricket to account for was, in his own vague way, was when the Black Lives Matter movement um, came into cricket and that conversation was opened up. Then suddenly, because it was in vogue to talk about it, he suddenly came into cricket and expressed his very vague concerns. But it's it's it, it is a culture of there's a lack of accountability when there's a lack of actual knowledge about the the the, the product and what the product needs. Uh, if you're just in a position for the hell of it because you've been told it's a tick box exercise uh, and you have to 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 put so many people. Uh, who supposedly are qualified and 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 look like they're qualified in terms of their their CV and their background, but if they're not cricket qualified, you actually you doing the game a disservice. And 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 you would hope that that's what cricket South Africa is learning more and more. Um, on an on a related note, I saw because it is political season, unfortunately, in South Africa. So the president was going around. I can't remember the town he was in, but he said, actually, from now on, we're not going to be employing chances to run municipalities, which is admission that up to this point, we've hired chances. We're now going to make sure we get actually qualified people. It's something that you could say at Cricket South Africa. You you, you hire people that you know are ill-equipped, but you hire them for political reasons. And then when things go wrong, you look back and say, but what went wrong? It's fascinating. It is fascinating. Um, we're talking about uh, the Cricket South Africa AGM. We'll take a short break and be back with, with more on the same subject in a moment. I'm Daniel Norcross. And I'm Rory Dollard. And between us, we are England Cricket on 99.94. We'll be every week looking at the ups, the downs, the runners, the riders, the news and the views on all things English cricket. And believe you me, there are plenty of ups and downs. Join us, England Cricket on 99.94. Right, uh, Zams and I enjoy nothing more than talking about cricket, a game between bat and ball, um, hitting, bowling and catching it. Um, but it is important, I believe. It may not be for everybody, so you can skip this episode if it doesn't uh, interest you. But we're talking about the culture um, of Cricket South Africa and uh, the results of uh, the SJN. Um, Rianne Richards remains nominally the, the president of, of Cricket South Africa. And once again, he said, we should not fear change. We should embrace change. Um, but at the same time, uh, we should not forget our core values. And he spoke about um, transformation and, and development. And then Lawson Naidu, um, who is the um, chairman of the board, independent uh, board member, um, heralded uh, the SJN hearings, um, that's um, social justice and nation building, the hearings into um racism and prejudice that have uh, have beset the game since um, unification um, in 1991-92. Now, you and I both know the importance of that process and, and it needs to be ongoing. The, the fact that it was public and that it was so messy um, and, and painful did the game a huge amount of harm. Um, and it, it particularly, I mean, I've spoken to sponsors, and you have as well, and and they they pointed to the, to the SJN, not the process or the ambition of the SJN hearings, but the the actual event, the way it looked, the way 
that it painted cricket and they said, why would we want to be involved in cricket? Now you've got Lawson Naidu saying that that was one of the great achievements of the year. I mean, it was a vitally important process, done horribly, I think. Yeah, it, it was it was a well-intended process, terribly, terribly managed. And it started with, which they've then admitted in hindsight, that they probably hired the wrong advocate because you do need a, a cricketing knowledge to understand the complexities, which is the first thing that we said right at the beginning. Their reasoning was... No, you can't have a, a cricket person because they'll be biased. You need someone who's got little knowledge. No, actually, <laughs> you know, just like people stand around bries and debate selections on the basis of whether a left arm is better than a, a right arm seamer for, for certain conditions. There, there, there's, there is a bit of technical background that has influenced some of the biggest conversations that South African cricket has had. Um, so what was supposed to be a remedial process became in in certain instances certainly destructive because it just opened up wounds which was it was never going to close um, and it was done so by people who who wanted to you know slap themselves on the back and say look you know we held the generation to account um the reality is if 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 you look at it the the the, the majority of the people that were supposedly held to account have moved on to things that are, are still serving the game, to be frank. Um, and there's, there's, there's still a lot of hurt from those who, who felt they were victims. But you, for Lawson United to stand there and say it was heralding it as, as, as one of the great accomplishments, you've got to ask, what did it achieve? You know, measurably, what did it, what did it achieve? It opened up a serious conversation and it forced players uh, to be heard it forced former players to be heard but in terms of change in terms of actual change of managing the game and and and, and making sure that you know people are, are held to account um here we still are talking about 200 and whatever million lost and and and, and trying to you know to gloss it up um as 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 progress um and and it's a, it's a major concern um when politicians quite frankly always always lean on transformation as as the one thing that they can be accountable for because it's the one thing that they can say oh look we've got four players of color in the team transformation goes far deeper than that as we've discussed in previous episodes um transformation is 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 not just a numbers thing where you you force players who are not ready to play play just for 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 optics, yeah, you know, transformation is is a systemic change um, and embracing of everybody and equal opportunities and uh, and bringing about greater harmony to the game. Um, if, if you took a poll, black, white, coloured, Indian, I, I don't think a lot of people in South African cricket will say there's great harmony. So it's you know, transformation is this buzzword that's used to gloss over. A lot of shortcomings, but actually, when you unpack it, what 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 is actual transformation? What is success in transformation? Um, it's yeah, it's it, it's dangerous in the wrong hands. It's, it's a very dangerous term because it makes as if things are progressing and things are changing, but actually, are they? No, no, they're not. It's been a complete failure. Oh well, it's been a, a majority failure anyway, and that's exactly my point. 
is you've got the the chairman of the of the board, the president of of the board, Rianne Richard, saying that we must not forget our goals and our ambitions and and heralding transformation as as a vital pillar of, of cricket South Africa. And it's failed. It's it's failed for twenty five years, and it's failed. I I would put it to you because they keep doing the same things, the same things over and over and over again. How many? I mean, what? So Kaya Zondo is after Temba Bavuma is the next black African batsman, and he's thirty two years old. Where are they? It's it's and and okay. Max Jordan has been CSA's nominally head of transformation for 20 years. Where's the accountability from from him? I mean, it's so, so frustrating that, you know, we still wouldn't have any semblance of of, um, racial representativity at provincial level without quotas. So my, my question is, why not do something different? Have that conversation. Try something different because transformation fails and has done for two decades. Yeah, look, again, you you know, you juxtapose it against what's happening in, in, in business in South Africa at the moment. Um, you know, the more and more companies are saying actually they're doing away with, with that charter that says BEE is a is, is a directive for employment because it sets the wrong precedent and, and actually it hasn't always been successful. If you implement it wrongly, it's the same as, as, as transformation. If, if if the whole purpose of transformation in the minds of those in charge of it is to see black faces on a cricket field, regardless of their purpose and their actual function and how much development is actually happening, you're doing them a disservice. You're patting yourself on the back because you've got 60% black people on the field, but if only 10% of them are actually genuinely, genuinely improving year on year um, and the rest are there simply to make up the numbers, you you get to what you say, where it's Temba and Kaya and then a long look around the room to say, okay, who's next? Who else? Um, and, and that's you can only point at the people in charge of that program because it's not as if it started yesterday. It started a long, 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 long time ago. Uh, its its intentions are, are noble and necessary, but like so many things, if 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 it's not thought out properly, and if you if you if you have not, I always go back to the fact that if you've not played in a game and sat in a change room where you understand the damage that transformation can do if you do it wrong, you you can't possibly try. To, to use it as a, as a as a fix at the high levels because it, it literally damages black, white, colored. It damages every cricketer because you enforce it as a rule with no thoughtful consequence. And there's, there's, there's a lot of hurt in South African cricket purely on the basis that there's this rule that everybody's got to abide by. And there's no room for wiggle. There's absolutely no room for wiggle. You must absolutely have five black players. Regardless of three of them are currently of form, you've got to have three black players, which I, I can't even tell you how many people have turned away from the game and actually gone to absolutely anything else rather than stay and be a placeholder for transformation. Um, and that's black players who can play, but who are just being rushed through the system so that 
at the top end, it looks like transformation is working. And that's that's a terrible, terrible thing. You don't get – that's topsoil that you just don't get back. It just erodes straight away. Now you've got to force other people not just to play the game but to fall in love with the game and want to advance in the game. But you can't advance it quickly. You know, you, you just – you can't. It's a process, which, why, which is why it requires a proper plan. You know, England won a World Cup not because they planned yesterday. They, after 2015, they sat down and said, let's rewrite the book of how we play white ball cricket because it's not working. It's not okay to lose to Bangladesh in the quarterfinal in the manner that we have. 2019 World Cup, they won. They've just won the T20 World Cup now. There'll be a decent shout at the next World Cup as well because there was a proper plan in place that removed any bias, that removed any ambiguity, that removed any personal agenda and said, for the good of the game, what is our best course of action here? That's the captain. Those are the players. What do they need? Give them everything they need and then we hold them accountable. And if they fail, they move out. But it's very clear. It's out in the open. I'm sitting here in South Africa, and I, I, and, and I know just how deeply that plan was. I can't tell you any plan that South African cricket has, any pathway. I, can't, I, I, I couldn't. It's, it's crazy that I can tell you about the English game from almost a decade ago, but I can't tell you about our own plans here. Yeah, I was um, talking to a, a dear friend of yours and mine, um, who's now retired, very, very low-key retirement. I saw him at the Wanderers a couple of days ago. He's now um, gone straight into the Supersport uh, uh, commentary box. Um, and he was he's told me stories about, uh, you know, having to play with an injury um, because him half fit was better than the next black player. <laughs> what, does that, what does that do for him? Um, we're going to move on to T10 cricket in a moment after this short break. I'm Jared Kimber and I host two podcasts on 99.94. Red Inca, which is chats on trends and stories within the game with a weekly Q&A where I can be asked about anything from a time-travelling Don Bradman to which cricket ground serves the best food. And Double Century, I look at the historical stories that make cricket what it is today. You can search for either of them in your favourite podcast platform or on the 99.94 DM app. The subject of uh, quotas and transformation is certainly uh, one that is... um, we get asked about an awful lot and uh, we'll most definitely do whole podcasts and I can really properly pick your brain on it um, in future exams. But for now, um, it's interesting. Uh, there are, well, I think, five or six South Africans uh, playing in the Abu Dhabi T10 League at the moment. Tabrez Shamsi, batted at number eight for his team. Um, I th- thought I'd mention that. David Miller's there. Riley Rousseau's there. Um, uh, Dwayne Pretorius is there. And none of them are in the test squad, which is due to go to Australia in four or five days' time. Anrich Norkia is there. He is in that test squad. Um, Temba Bavuma, as we discussed in our last pod, but it's worth mentioning again, um, as, is not playing any first-class cricket. Uh, there will be a four-day game when they arrive in Australia, but he's been given uh, like proper time off, which is understandable from a from a mental health point of view, after the T10, after the T20 World Cup exit, Kahisa Rabada. It's interesting. Charles Langefeld, the Proteas bowling coach, was talking about uh, about Rabada, saying he's not a robot. You know, he's 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 27, um, and if his workload isn't managed properly, and there's been lots of talk about workload management with Rabada for years and years, and it doesn't seem to happen because he's so bloody important to the team, but. 
Um, I've no problem whatsoever with him being given a proper break and not playing these um, first-class games. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, so so Anrich Norkia is playing T10 cricket in preparation for the for the Test series. Um, I mean, things have been going well for some others. Dean Elgus uh, scored some runs. Um, Ryan Rickleton, we mentioned in the last uh, in the last pod, <clears throat> has scored back-to-back hundreds, having been declared not fit enough to tour with the Proteas. Where where has your eye been drawn to ahead of the Australia Test series? And what about the review, by the way, of that T Twenty World Cup exit? Again, we just mentioned it. Sorry, I'm I'm asking you five questions in in one go here, but there's been no communication whatsoever about the review that the director of cricket, Enoch and Quay, promised us into that uh, defeat to the Netherlands. No updates whatsoever. And I mention it because people are asking me and I can d- direct them to 99.94 to, <laughs> to get their answers in future. But there's been no communication whatsoever. I've heard secondhand that some players have been interviewed. I don't know which players and I don't know by whom. There was a panel supposed to be formed. What have you heard? The... The only justification for for Temba not being on a cricket field at the moment is if he is one of the people who's playing a key role in that review. That's the only justification, that he's explaining exactly what happened and he's needed in, in meetings to unpack what happens next. Otherwise, I'm sorry, the reason he's out of form is, is because he hasn't played. So to then not give him the opportunity to play at least some cricket before he then goes to Australia, you're literally setting him up for more failure. Because if he goes for the first and second test, doesn't make runs, you're going to say, oh, he hasn't played enough cricket. He's just had two opportunities to play and play and play when others have been making hundreds and doubles and triples. And he's not playing. I just don't... Sorry, I don't understand. Like you say, you it's justifiable because of the mental angle. The, the only way you get over something is, is is getting out in the middle and playing. Find some form, find some fluency. Because I promise you, if 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 there's a mental issue, Australia are going to zone in on it hard, hard. Like it, 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 it it's bizarre, absolutely bizarre. Uh, Anrich Nokia playing T10 cricket. At least he's playing, <laughs> and at least at least he's only bowling a couple of overs. So he'll he'll be fit. He'll be firing. You're gonna bowl fast for a couple of overs. That's all. And quite frankly, all these leagues in the world are putting a gun to South African cricket's head, saying if you dare say no to a player for no legitimate reason, and there's not much legitimate reasons outside of ICC world events and the little test cricket there is. You're not really going to say no. You kind of turn a blind eye and let let them be because you can't afford to pay them that. Um, so you you kind of just allow it and hope no one notices. Um, but yeah, the review. And this is the thing when you when you when you see the iceberg ahead and you say we're definitely going to hit that iceberg, and the captain of the ship says, "Oh no 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 no, we'll we'll, we'll fly around it. Don't worry." But you can see no change of course. We knew that this review would come to nothing. Uh, it's been almost a month. We're going to go to Australia and come back from Australia. There'll be bigger issues because if things go according to the form book, South Africa might struggle over there. So then it'll be a bigger, it'll be a, a bigger 
issue than just losing to Netherlands. It'll be long forgotten actually by then. Um, so it's just a nonsense, to be honest. It's just a complete nonsense. Rather say, we lost, oh, it's a pity, we move on. Rather say, then no one's sitting around for a month waiting to see, okay, what is this review? What is it going to show? Our head's going to roll. Are things going to change? Um, are we literally making a line in the sand and saying this can never, ever happen again? We can't lose to a minute, all due respect to the Netherlands. Or, or is this just going to be another one on the pile of things to do that never get done? I mean, just be honest. We're not going to do anything about it. We can't. Because we're not going to drop our captain. We're not going to change our team. We're just going to hope to goodness that we can forget about it and pretend that it was a terrible nightmare and we just move on. Just say that. Then everybody can say, okay, cool. Great. At least we know. Where's the review? Or at least tell us at what stage it's at. I mean, you know, some communication. But as I said, there's a there's no culture of, uh, of honesty within Cricket South Africa and that has to change and we will play a small role in doing that, Lungani Zama, you and me here on 99.94. Final point for this pod, um, it's uh, the precedent is set now. I mean, with those players playing in the, in the T10, South Africa has you know, all this brave talk about having our best players available to play, um, to play here. Um, but, but the, like, like I said, um, the precedent is set. So David Miller, fine. I mean, he's, he doesn't play, he's retired from first class cricket. Um, not sure what Riley Rousseau's status is in first-class cricket. I haven't seen him play for, for any first-class cricket for a long time, so that's fair enough. He probably wouldn't have got a game um, in in the first-class structure. But Dwayne Pretorius is very much um, a first-class cricketer, as is Anrich Norkia. But, I mean, it, it, twofold. They cannot earn anything like the money playing domestically that they can earn in any of these leagues um, so on that level, they have to be let, given an NOC to go and play in these leagues. Um, but secondly, it it shows us exactly where the regard for first first class, the first class game, is at the moment. Well, yeah, it if you're playing a handful of Test matches, it kind of forces your hand as a player as well to say, let me make what money I can, where I can, because clearly I'm not going to be making any test appearance money and I'm not even sure if I'm still part of the test squad plans. Um, Dwayne Pretorius was, but Michael Janssen looks like he's ahead of him and a few others even. So once you get the wrong side of 30, players get selfish. And we currently, as a, as a cricket nation, we're dangling somewhere between you know, what we feared in terms of what the West Indies are, where players pick and choose what they can do and, 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 and you know, a more established nation with a, a bit more assurance with national contracts that mean something. I mean, they kind of mean something for now, but how much longer? You know, little things like this tell you where a player says, I will go there first and then I'll meet you in Australia. Um, if, you know, a few years ago, those players would be in a training camp now having come off a full round of strong franchise cricket with every single South African player ready to, you know, fight for their place for that first test in, in, in Adelaide. Instead, do what you must. We'll, we'll meet you at the airport lounge and, and, and see what, you know, what we can do in Australia. Let's hope for the best. Crazy. Like, it's crazy. 
Yeah, it certainly is. We'll have more in a couple of days' time. Thanks for listening to South Africa on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever uh, you enjoy your podcasts. It certainly uh, gives us a welcome boost. Um, You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Neil Manthorpe and at Wamzam17. So never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. (laughs) Cricket every day, your way. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.